0: Has Ross Chastain crossed the line? Let's discuss. A really solid weekend of racing, celebrating NASCAR's 75 years. So it was very fitting that William Byron won in the Chrome Illusion throwback scheme to Jeff Gordon's 50th anniversary paint scheme. So very, very cool. Also, William Byron captures his third win of the season, making him the winningest driver of 2023 and the 100th win for the number 24, so very, very cool. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm I'm probably going to jinx him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it into the championship four. I think this is his year to do it. I predicted this at the beginning of the season. I think he's a solid contender for the championship because we haven't seen a lot of drivers this season that have been consistently winning besides Byron. I know he kind of takes it at the last minute sometimes, but he's been consistent overall, so... William Byron, a championship four favorite. I say yes. There's other drivers I could put in there too right now, but we're going to talk about that with Byron for now. But yeah, a solid win for the Hendrick Motorsports 24 this weekend. In second place, having a potential chance to win, but not quite, was Kevin Harvick with a wreck prior. He had too much damage on his car to really get anything done. He, The only way he probably could have won is if he junked Byron or ran him up against the wall, but he did not. Harvick decided to race this respectfully. We're going to talk a lot about that in a few minutes, but Kevin Harvick coming home in the second position. In third place is Chase Elliott. This is the best finish that he has had since he came back from his injury. Fourth, we have Kislowski. Fifth, we have Bubba Wallace with two top five finishes in a row. In sixth, Harrison Burton. This is his best finish by far this season. In seventh, we have Kyle Busch. Eighth, Justin Haley. Very good day for him in that colleague group. Ninth, Ryan Blaney. And 10th, Chris Buescher. Another RFK top 10 day. We're gonna talk about them again when we look at the points. What the results don't show you is who dominated most of this race early on, and that was Martin Truex, Jr. He led 145 laps, and then his car got way too tight as rubber kept going on the track, giving Ross Chastain a chance to get the lead. Where things went really wrong, though, was at the end of stage two. Truex squeezed Ross Chastain just a little bit too much up the track. Coming off the turn, Chastain made contact with the wall, bounced off and hit Truex and Truex went spinning. Listen, I know we love to blame Ross Chastain on pretty much any on-track incident, and especially the last few weeks, because he's been in most of those, but I don't think this one was on him. I think Truex really just didn't give him enough room. Truex did say he thought he did, but it just didn't look like it. It was was a racing incident, a misjudgment from what I was seeing. Martin was able to make up ground, and then in stage three, things really just ended for him when he slid up the track on one of the restarts, hit Joey Logano, caused a multi-car wreck, and Truex was out of the race he did not finish. Speaking of drivers who had bad luck, and I guess continue to have some sort of bad luck, Kyle Larson, if you're keeping score the past few weeks, have not been the best for him because of the past three races, He's been involved in wrecks, and the common denominator of those wrecks is Ross Chastain. On the restart after that true X wreck with Joey Logano and the rest of the field, Ross Chastain was starting on the inside while Kyle Larson was restarting on the outside of the front row. The one car crowded the five. Chastain just got really tight and his quarter, connected with the nose of Larson's car, and Chastain spun out. Chastain did take full blame of the situation though. He said he meant to run Larson up to the wall. He meant to run him up, but he didn't mean to take himself out in the process. I want to throw it back to a comment that was made at Dover by Kyle Larson. He said that Ross has never negatively been impacted by his own actions. And I think this wreck The first time this season that we have seen Ross negatively be impacted by his own actions. He decided to run Larson up against the wall and he wrecked as a consequence. After this wreck though, Kyle Larson did decline to comment to the media But Rick Hendrick did not. He said with the relationship that they have with Chevrolet, even though that Ross Chastain drives a Chevy, that does not matter. He told Chevrolet, hey, if you wreck us, we're going to wreck you back. His drivers have to hold their ground because if they don't wreck somebody like Ross Chastain back, it's going to just keep happening. Another reporter then asked Rick Hendrick if Chastain has crossed the line. And Rick Hendrick basically said that Ross Chastain is not going to win the championship with quote, a lot of paybacks out there. I keep looking back to last year's championship fight when Ross Chastain made that video game move. A lot of drivers swore that Ross was never going to make it to the championship four, yet he did. No driver acted on this frustration. A lot of people said, oh, Ross Chastain isn't going to win the championship. He didn't win the championship, but he got darn close. He finished in the third position during that final race. Joey Logano had the best car clearly all day. That Penske brigade had fantastic cars, but then he also got into it with Chase Elliott on one of those restarts during that final race. And that was still controversial as well. So it's a matter of, are you going to let him get to the final or not? Are you going to walk the walk or talk the talk? Kind of like Noah Grayson presented to us, I guess at this point, two weeks ago, when we went to Kansas. However, if these teams are looking for a fantastic opportunity for payback, might I suggest a race where a million dollars are on the line? When a million dollars are on the line, any driver is willing to do anything to get that cash. And if it's a driver versus Ross, Ross is going to get junked. I can guarantee you that right now. The drivers are going to race Ross the way he's raced them, which is not respectfully. At the same time though, Ross is willing to do whatever it takes any given weekend. To get a good result. Whether it's 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 5th, 20th, 15th, you name it, Ross is willing to do whatever it takes to do the best that he can on the track. And he's an aggressive driver. This weekend, I think he owned it, for real. Like He owned that he is an aggressive driver. That is just how he races. And Ross knows he's making enemies out there, but he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. As long as he's getting the results, He's going to keep doing what he's doing because it's worked. I mean, this is the name that he's gotten for himself. He's popular because of it or he's not popular because of it. I think it was also cool this weekend Toby Christie actually asked Jeff Bodine what he thought about all the aggressive comments going towards Ross Chastain or the drivers thinking that Ross is too aggressive and Jeff Bodine said they need to get over it. They haven't raced with Earnhardt apparently and I thought that was such a cool comment just listening to what the older drivers thought of Ross and his aggressive driving versus what the current drivers and the newer drivers are thinking of this all. All this to say, though, if if you're going to dish it out, you got to be able to take it. And I think Ross Chastain is learning that. He knows that, but he's definitely learning that now, potentially. So. Was this on Larson? I don't think so. Was this on Chastain for this wreck t- that I'm talking about? Most likely he crowded Larson way too much into the wall, but I made more comments about Ross Chastain in the last video. I'll link that into the description below it. I don't want to reiterate a lot of those points. Uh, and I talk about how he's actually really good for the sport and how, you know, this type of racing is probably just what we're going to see from Ross Chastain week in week out, even though this might have taught him to pull back a little bit finally, benefiting negatively from his actions. But yeah, I'll link that in the description below. Now let's go into some points. And I will say before we even dive into the points post Darlington, be prepared for some penalties on Friday, Billy Scott, Tyler Reddick's crew chief was ejected after the car failed inspection twice. Sources like Bob Pokras say that a points penalty might be possible for the 45 team. There's speculation within the garage, Bob Pokras said on Twitter, that the 45 team changed the weight or something like that with the car following inspection. NASCAR nor the team were going to comment to confirm that. So we might see that in the penalty report this week. Also, if you remember during the race, one of the major wrecks happened because of Eric Jones, he had a loose tire that came off on the track that it will probably result in a two race suspension for two crew members. This also resulted in a two lap penalty during the race. Finally, before we actually dive into the points, Bell and Burton are headed to the R&D Center. I know we've had some penalties come out of that. Usually it's from Chevys. This time we have a Toyota and a Ford, so we'll see what happens there. But just keep that in your mind as we await the penalty report this week. Now looking at the playoff grid, William Byron sits solidly at the top of that list with three wins. And I got to give a major shout out to RFK Racing this time last year just wasn't going well for them at all. I know Kislowski had that points penalty that was really heavy on him because of a loose tire. He had 100 points deduction and all that not fun stuff. This year, though, they are both solidly within the round of 16. I know we are still early in the season, about one third of the way through, I think, but that's still really, really promising from that group, definitely making gains. Another mover I have to mention on this playoff grid, Bubba Wallace, after two consecutive top five finishes, moved from minus six below the cutoff line last week to plus 23. That is what consistency can do. It's about time for that 23 team. I know he wasn't super thrilled about the result, but it's a top five. That is incredible. Could have probably contended for the lead at Darlington if it weren't for a lug nut mistake on pit road, but that's fine. Like this is amazing for that team and it's just going to continue to build. So very solid for bubble Wallace now within that round of 16 line. Briscoe moves above the cutoff line while Bowman moves below. And remember, he still is awaiting a points waiver approval. There's no timeline on his return. I will say, though, for the North Wilkesboro race, if Josh Berry has to fill in for Bowman, he's not going to get a way into the race automatically, into the main event. He's going to have to compete to get in to the All-Star race through the All-Star Open. So there's some news there just to keep in mind as well. If Berry is going to be filling in for Bowman in the 48 this coming weekend. Rating this race. First off, fantastic to have Kyle and Richard Petty in the booth for stage one. Great insight there. Great stories. And then for stage three, we had awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Always great to have him in the booth. I really enjoyed what he did last year as well. The second stage though, we had Carl Edwards and that was incredible. It was so good to see him back at the track, just kind of hear what he's been up to. And I'm going to be honest, and I saw a lot of you guys commenting this on Twitter as well on social media. And I agree with you. If he could be in the booth full time, I would love that. He had such good insight and he was really just confident. He also meshed well together with Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. Um, I have, like, a dream, like, just booth in my head of who would just be there full time. Uh, I, I, I probably commented that on social media at one point, but he he did a fantastic job. He's added to that list at this point for me. But with the race itself, it was pretty mild other than the third stage in the recs that I had mentioned. The first two stages were really just, for going through the paces until, you know, it's go time with stage three. I always watch Xfinity and Truck, and I will say that racing this weekend was incredible. Comparing it to the Cup Series, though, the Cup Series just didn't necessarily live up to what we saw in those other two races. Granted, I know I always say the Xfinity Series has the best racing out there. I stand by that. Uh, But this weekend Cup didn't live up to that for me. But what I love about Darlington overall and what I can say about all these races is that these drivers in these cars were fighting the track, not each other. This was truly a tire wear race. Can you save your tires? How are we doing the pit strategies? What is our strategy to be able to get out in front of the pack to be able to get those four fresh tires each time? But fight for the lead. It was a really solid race in that regard. Overall, though, this wasn't my complete favorite race of the season, but it was good. It was a solid race. I'm probably going to give this a 76%. I think it's just 1% lower than what I gave last year's race, but that's not a bad thing. Again, a very good race at Darlington. Very solid on the above the yellow line scale. It's above the yellow line. So what did you think of the Darlington race and any comments on Rosh Chastain? Any of the wrecks? Let me know in the comments below. Next up, the NASCAR Cup Series heads to North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race. On Friday, we have the Pit Crew Challenge. On Saturday, we have Heats 1 and 2 for the qualifying positions. And Sunday is where we have the All-Star Open and the All-Star Race. We also have trucks racing at the track as well for points. And that's going to be very fun to watch. So for updates on that, some explanations on the All-Star Weekend as well, make sure to follow my social media pages and the tobychristie.com social media pages as well. It's going to be a big week and we'll also talk a little bit more about it in the live stream on Thursday night. We're going to be finishing the Lego set that is right behind me, the NASCAR 75 Lego Technic set. So make sure to join that for a great conversation as well. But guys, thank you all so much for the support. And until next time, I'll see you. For great NASCAR content, make sure to watch the videos on the screen and click the link in the middle.